When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. The Man City Show is backed for the season by Ladbrokes. Welcome to the Man City Show. It's Nigel Rothman back in the chair. City stay four points behind the leaders after a routine, well, bordering on boring win against bottom of the table Huddersfield at the weekend. City look forward to, I think it's nine games over the next 34 days. That's if we beat Burnley in the FA Cup. We've got a League Cup semi-final second leg to look forward to, that FA Cup tie against Burnley, the Premier League campaign, and of course the Champions League as well. The transfer window is open for a bit longer too. And to discuss that and much more, I've got three guests. Always wearing something sky blue. This week it is a sky blue and white scarf. Welcome to Sarah Messenger. Hi, Nigel. Always wearing something from the 80s. It's Nick Goldstone. Hello, Nigel. And someone always wearing something from the 60s. It's Paul Denby. Thanks, Nigel. The Man City Show is back for the season by Ladbrooks. Go to bet.citypodcast.net for all their latest odds and offers. Uh, can we start at Huddersfield then? There were times after our first goal in the first half when we looked poor... Almost complacent, you could say. Not acceptable at this business end of the season when we're trying to catch the leaders, Sarah. Not acceptable. Well, I suppose at the end of the day, if you win 3-0, it's hard to say it's not acceptable. But I, can, I completely agree with you. It was a pretty dismal performance in the first half. Passing was the worst I think I've seen in, in the sort of 18 months of pep. There was no flow, no fluidity... We didn't look dangerous. We hardly created any meaningful chances. Yes, we were denied a stonewall penalty, but it was pretty grim, and yet we went in 1-0 up. So I suppose some will say that champions don't win every game with beautiful football, and that was one of those games. But it so easily could have been different, I suppose. A deflected goal, an offside goal uh, on a different day. It could well have been a breakaway goal. You know, If they would have stuck that in at the end, it, you know, I'm... I'm We've got to have something to talk about here, but it's kind of it wasn't vintage city, was it, by a long way? No, it wasn't vintage city, and of course it could have gone that way. You always feel though, and maybe Pep just laid into them at half time said, just get after them in these first five, ten minutes of the second half and kill the game, then relax. At one nil, you're we all always know that it's a worry. At three nil, the game was dead at fifty minutes, give or take, and that was it. 
if you do it at 50 minutes and you've got your 3-0 lead, I can take it. When we're 1-0 up and playing such poor football in the first half that I haven't seen for an awful long time, that was very disappointing. You were disappointed, Nick, as well? Oh, it was painful. It was boring. I mean, it, let's face it, it was boring. Um, it was lethargic. It was pedestrian. We were wasteful. Um, and frankly, other than the goals and the ludicrous penalty decision, virtually nothing happened in the game. Um, and Pep had a look on his face throughout the game, certainly throughout the first half. You, you get the impression, and I think it was Sane who was interviewed afterwards, who kind of gave away that, that, that Pep probably did give him the hairdryer treatment at half-time, and, but I guess needed, needed to. I think he gave Leroy Sane the hairdryer treatment. You could see that after half-time. He was certainly looking um, slightly more bouffant. Um, and yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm, sure, I'm sure he did, but I was, I was sat there in the first half wondering, why didn't he do it before the game? Or if he did, what happened? Do the players know that they're playing like that? Do they consciously play like that? Or is it a subconscious thing? I'm not sure. I mean, listen, they've got a lot of games coming up. There's, there's obviously this whole sort of squad rotation business going on. And, and to be fair, Huddersfield were not great, were they? And, and I guess, you know, they, they lifted their game for Liverpool, that's for sure. And, and they played some of the best football I've seen for a long time. And, and it was kind of the opposite against Huddersfield at the other end of the table. Would, is that fair, do you think? That it's difficult to, to, to raise your game against opposition like that? Maybe it is, but in a cup game, I know that was a league game, clearly, but in a cup game, that's where you come and miss. Wigan last season. If you're not at the top of your game in all the games, um, you can easily lose those sort of games 1-0. Bearing in mind we were accused of being disrespectful, disrespectful to the opposition for scoring nine against a fairly limited team, maybe Pep's instruction was, don't show us up. First <laughs> half, don't show us up. <laughs> Get to half time, preferably with a bit of a lead. We'll batter them first ten minutes of the second half, and then you can and it relax. Maybe, maybe it was a perfect game plan. But that's, I mean, that is an interesting point because I was, I was sat there in, in the first half. I didn't go to the game. I was watching it on TV. Thank goodness. I was thinking this is disrespectful to our our fans. It was that bad. <laughs> and we just, on the other hand, and I'm playing devil's advocate as I always do here, we, we've gone away, lots of games coming up, we, we've won 3-0 very comfortably, we didn't really get out of first gear for a lot of the game, uh, and we, we've ended up sort of coming away with the three points we needed, we've closed the gap again, no injuries, nobody sent off, you know, it's kind of uh, the job done. You, you could argue equally as well, couldn't you, Paul? You, you can argue that. And I'm very happy at 50 minutes that the last 40 minutes was pretty pedestrian, pretty poor f- quality. But you can't afford to do that until you've got the 3-0 lead. And in the first half, we didn't have that lead. So it's, the first half was totally and utterly, I'll be, use a very strong word, shambolic. This, the, then we, I don't mind the last 40 minutes because we're 3-0 up, then you've got your three points in the bag. In, in the context of a, a long marathon of a league campaign... It's just points in the bag. It's most one of the most unmemorable matches of the season, and and it's done. And yes, you've got to give credit or whatever the opposite is to Huddersfield because there are two teams in a game, and if one of them just doesn't turn up, which Huddersfield really didn't, then you know you can't blame it all on on us for not making a big. Uh, I don't like necessarily highlighting refereeing errors or refereeing mistakes or refereeing decisions, but you have to say that uh, the penalty decision against Sterling looked to me like a penalty. It um, was a penalty. It was a so penalty. So what Mr Mariner 
sitting there at home sort of with his pipe and slippers this morning. Um, Hanging his head in shame, hopefully. Because, well, again, it was kind of in the perfect position for, to squash the play between him and his assistant uh, in, in typical style. They've both got great, perf- almost perfect view. Um, any thoughts on maybe why that was? No, I can't... Incom- I mean, I, incompetence, I, it, are we Yeah, I mean, it, I suppose the only mitigating factor is that... Uh, I'm really loath to say this because I don't think it's a mitigating factor at all, but anyway, is that because he came across Sterling and Mara's behind him, I, I don't know, I've never refereed, whether it's possible... He may have thought he'd just got a little nick on the ball before it's all he took angle. him down. It is a, it so is it, all the angle does, does make a difference, but... You know, these are professional referees, so and that wasn't... Ultimately, it wasn't one that he should have got wrong. I know Paul will always have a view about these things. Paul? Well, my view is clear. I accept that Mariner will not get 100% of his decisions correct. And he made a mistake there. But as assistant referee, they Mm. both made a mistake. That's the issue. Surely one of them could have seen very clearly that the player did not touch the ball and just took Sterling out of the game. Therefore, one of them, him or his assistant, should have given it. Simple as that. You don't see the assistant referees very much these days overruling the referee or making the the decision themselves. The assistant referee's always got the option to put up his his arm and wave for a free kick or a penalty, which he seemed to be in prime position to do in that situation. And for some reason, he decided he didn't want to um, cross the referee's decision on it but to be fair we don't know what the referee's instructions were in his pre-match chat with his two assistants in or his three assistants in the dressing room of course i mean and they will have before every game they will sit and they will agree their approach to the game and, and how they're going to make decisions so that they will have a routine that they will have thought through and talked about and of course they're talking to each other the difference of course is a few years ago they only relied on a flag now they can talk to each other yeah and they can i'm sure they're having that discussion they'll, they'll be saying the assistant will be saying absolutely not no you're dead, dead right andre play on whatever all in the split second doesn't need to flag really nowadays but but there's an interesting dynamic there Nigel because surely the assistant referee shouldn't have to rely on what he's instructed by the referee before the game he has a a mandate to give a decision if if he sees it doesn't he he does and that's not quite maybe I've not made it quite clear they will have agreed the two of them how how they will referee the game the referees and the assistants and 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 so on so it will be about you know when they flag how they flag which decisions he's going to go with where he's comfortable and all those sort of things so so of course if a if an assistant feels that that is a foul and certainly if I'm refereeing albeit on on a Sunday morning and I will say to 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 my uh, assistants if it's in your quarter and you feel that's a foul and you think I've not seen it, I need you to give me a very clear flag. So their conversation before the game went something like this, did it? If City get a penalty, I won't give it. Possibly. <laughs> well, let's hope not. Let's hope, let's not. hope not. Let's hope not. And if Salah the, the, takes a dive, we won't give Oh, no, wrong game. Yeah. But the, the thing that's frustrating is that if he'd, if he'd made that challenge three yards further over, nearer the touchline, the assistant referee would have given it as a foul. We don't know. So he might have done. Yeah. I suspect they would have done. Yeah. And... So I, I can't think, now we've brought the topic up, I actually can't think of a time, um, but one of you knowledgeable three will, will give me one, I'm sure, where I've seen an assistant referee give a penalty recently. Well, where they've, I mean, where I wouldn't say recently, because I, I was just saying, I'm, I'm not sure there have been many recently, but historically, I can certainly, I can't think of specific examples, but you can certainly think in your mind's eye of times when the referee is what? So he put his 
Interestingly, he doesn't anymore. Um, what he does, he flags and then runs towards the, the, the touchline is the new mm. signal for, for, for assistant referees, actually. But okay. you're right, it used to be that. Mm. Um, so it has changed slightly. That's just because people are looking for it and there's kind of a flag and, and running towards the, the, the dead ball line, if you like. Um, so I don't want to get too hung up on referees. I think, yeah, it was, look, so it was an error. Players make errors, managers make errors, um, referees make errors. Yeah. So it, it happens. And, and as it happens, it didn't matter at the end of the day. Yeah. Same as the game against uh, uh, Dynamo, um, what do you call it? Um, Shakhtar Donetsk yeah. sorry beg your pardon in the Dynamo Champions League. Dynamo Shakhtar Donetsk when Sterling didn't take a dive tripped over his yeah. own feet and the referee did give a penalty Absolutely. so that's life get on and with it just one of the quick observations on the Huddersfield game I don't remember us playing that well at Huddersfield last season but of course because we scored a pretty late winner it, you then almost get into a conversation about that's what champions do. They don't play well and then they get a late winner. And, you know, I mean, uh, I think of another team who did that this weekend, much to our annoyance. Um, and so I think if because the game was over by 50 minutes, that's what's kind of making us think it's quite boring. But actually, I'm not so sure their performance was markedly worse than they played last year. We just didn't have the drama at the end. Can we just talk about a couple of individuals? or uh, And let's start with people who were missing. Do you think the fact that neither silver started, Nick, did, was that a major factor? Do you think we missed them? Do we need one of those in the starting lineup to make things tick, to make things happen, to play the way the, the way the Pep wants them to play? No, because I think that whoever was playing out there on uh, Sunday would have not made that much of a difference in the way that the whole team played. You know, you could have made changes to personnel, um, but I don't think it would have made much of a difference. You could see from the very beginning of the game that it was too slow um, too much going through the motions across the whole of the team um, that it wouldn't have made much of a difference for me and Paul De Bruyne's not quite firing on all cylinders everyone's made a big fuss of this only the second game he started um, which seems to be mentioned in every every bit of social media every newspaper every TV article I've, I've looked at as well uh, but doesn't quite seem to be firing on all cylinders yet no, certainly not. He's he's still finding his touch to get back into it. He put in a couple of good crosses yesterday. He scored obviously last week as well, or the deflection that went in as well. He's he's not as the player that he was last season, but he's hardly played. That's the issue, and you need to adjust. He'll you don't lose it overnight. He'll be back. Yeah, I'm not worried about Kev. It'll be all right. You're worried about Walker then? Because if we're talking about referees, you could argue um, that he sort of came chasing out there and seemed to be out of control. And I've seen those given as red. So a bit, bit fortunate, I think, the boy, wasn't he, for that just to be a, a yellow? Daft, completely daft. And I, I'm not sure it was a red, but it was certainly a booking. And it, was, it, it certainly enticed the referee into contemplating whether to give him a red. I mean, his game is definitely off at the moment. And his little break doesn't seem to have caused him to get his act together into in his his passing is poor some of his judgment is poor or poorer perhaps that's a better way of putting it poorer than it was last season um you know human beings go through bad patches he's obviously going through his it's not been disastrous for us yet but i i can't remember the last time i saw him marauding down the right wing and creating fear and panic in an opposition I'd like to see it again soon. I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Just building on that, we've we've had a few questions on Twitter as well. So I'm just sort of going to pick up on the fact that that people have said that Danilo, um, who clearly has played the last couple of games, I think. And uh, one of the questions, Sarah, is: Do you think he can play a part in this side? 
Yes, I think he is playing a part in it. I mean, he's not a fullback for the years to come, but he's a he's a he's a, a really top quality player. Um, so, as as a kind of uh, not a backup to Walker, but as two interchangeable right backs. I'd like one a bit younger with a bit more of a career ahead of them, but I'm I'm happy with those two. I think they're both good players. And what about Danilo's goal then? Um, I think the Premier League had given it to him. I'm not sure why. If Tommy Hutchison's was an own goal, then uh, in I, 1981... I personally can't see how it was, but the, the, every angle I've looked at that, and I I've not had a look at it from every possible angle, it looked like it was going wide. It clearly looked like it was heading to the left-hand side of the post as you look face-on, and the guy put his head in it and deflected... Not, I know what angle it was, but it's uh, 50 degrees from where it was heading. It's uh, clearly an own goal. I but. think, in a way, it's quite nice that, that, that people who take a shot like that get the credit. I've always thought that if he hadn't taken that shot, we wouldn't have scored the goal. It's, it's kind of, is it really an own goal? It's one of those. It's difficult. But you, your, your view, Nick? I didn't study it. <laughs> I didn't watch a single nanosecond of the half-time analysis or the post-game analysis. I turned the telly off the second the whistle went. <laughs> Um, so I, I didn't even look and check whether it was going in or not, but good luck to him. At least he had a shot and it went in, and that's how a lot of goals get scored. And, and Sane's improving, isn't he? I mean, he, he, in some people's eyes, got the Man of the Match award, um, uh, took his goal really, really well, and, and he's he's wasn't exactly first choice at the start of the season, didn't go to the World Cup, as we know, but I think we've seen an improvement in Sane as the season's progressed, haven't we? He's one of our better players at the moment. He's a wonderful player. He's maybe got some touch of sort of Yaya Torre about him in the sense that, in a different way, but so Yaya always seemed to be a bit lumbering and he was always picked up for that, you know? Leroy Sané is very graceful. He's a magnificent player, but he sometimes comes across as not having the intensity um, and the desire in the game. Um sometimes I think it's true and sometimes it's not, but he looks that way. Um, but he's... So, I don't think he was playing particularly badly at the beginning of the season, or nor is he setting the world alight now. But if he's going to get in and score goals like that and make runs like that, then fantastic. And actually, he does do a lot, of, a lot more work off the ball than one maybe assumes, because he's always making those diagonal runs. 99% of the time, he doesn't get the ball. But he's always making those runs. Your thoughts on Sane, Paul? He's uh, had a good had a good game, and uh... he had a decent game. I think his defensive qualities are showing more this season than last season. He is running back clearly. Pep's had a word with him, and he's doing a great job. I think over the last few games, I've seen him pick the ball up in defence and clear the ball quite well. So, um, I've always been impressed with Sane from the moment I first saw him, uh, and he's having a, a decent period. I wouldn't say he's necessarily outstanding, but you can see that potential, and if we can carry on developing it, it'd be fantastic. Can I, sorry, I, I just want to pick up one point about Sonny, and it, it's actually a c- criticism about something that he actually gets lots of plaudits for. Everybody loves it when he runs back and makes a tackle and wins the ball, and that's brilliant. But when he goes up for a defensive header, well, he doesn't go up for a defensive header, he will hide. He will find somewhere to hide so that he never has to head the ball every single time. There was one time in the Huddersfield game when he did it, when he was loitering at the back of the penalty area and the ball came in quite deep and he went, he, he could have gone up, 
for a challenge and he clearly bottled it and he didn't do it. That's, that's definitely one thing I'd pick him up for. That's because he's got a beautiful face. Exactly. And he's got to protect it. Exactly. And his hair. His hair, and he is a very beautiful man, actually. He is very good looking. Um, I, I, I love Sane. I think he's a great player. I think one of the things about City is that because we are... Uh, we don't feel like a team of individuals. We feel like a team in which no one person shines, and that's partly because we're blessed to have so many amazing players. Um, I think that for somebody of his age to have established himself to have the same credibility and reputation as some of the other players we've got in our team says actually a lot about what he's achieved with us, even if he doesn't stand out at the moment in the way, for example, that Henri stood out when he was at Arsenal. But I, I think he's a great player. We've got lots of great players. We've scored mm. 102 goals in uh, 35 games, uh, which is better than Paris Saint-Germain, who have scored 90 in 29 games. Barcelona, the great Barcelona, only 81 in their 31. Tottenham Hotspur, champions-elect, 34 games, 72 goals. And Sevilla, 71 goals in 37 games. So Spurs are the second-highest scorers in in England they are even if you disregard the 16 goals we scored against Burton and Rotherham correct we're still 15 or 16 ahead we of them we are and, and I didn't tell you I didn't warn you about this we're going to do a bit of a quiz now so there are 17 goal scorers who have scored those 102 goals and throughout the show just sort of throw some names out and we'll see you're if differentiating own goals scorers uh, well, as well that's, that's a good so own goals are a five actually own goals but that so, counts so, as so five that, out of the 17 it does yeah and there are then 17 goal scorers. I thought Danilo was the 13th City player to score yesterday. Um, OK. Well, Danilo scored one, so you Danilo, get one for we'll Danilo. Yeah, I love him. We'll have Aguero and Jesus, that's easy. They're the top two, with 14 each, which is very good. Sterling, Sane, Sterling, Mahrez. Starling, <laughs> Starling, Starling, yeah. <laughs> Starling, Cerne and Mahrez are the who, next three. With to who hasn't scored? No, no. David. David is the next one. Bernardo. And Bernardo is the next one. Fernandinho. Fernandinho. Yeah. Fernandinho. Oh. Walker Kev. scored one. Fernandinho's got one. Kev. Mm-hmm. King Kev has got three. Walker scored one. Kyle Walker's got two, actually. Well, two. I Laporte got one, didn't he? Uh, yeah, Wolves. Laporte's got three. Yeah. Stones, has he scored any? Mm. Uh, no. I don't think so, yeah. has he? Yeah. So... I'll, uh, I'll leave Mendy that there. probably hasn't. Has he scored? Did he get one or to Mendy? No. no well, he got so. a bullet header, but it was in the cup, wasn't it? Against so, Burton so, or Rotherham. Can, well, can that we... counts. Otamendi, yeah. Yeah, Otamendi, he did score. Yeah, we'll have Otamendi, yeah. Just the one, yeah, correct. Yeah. But yeah, we're not just on Premier League, are we? So there's one, two, three, four. You haven't got, actually. Uh, all own goals? No. Oh. We had the five own goals. There are, there are those, there's one, Phil two. Sorry? Phil Foden, well done. Diaz has got a couple as well. So you've you've only missing two then now. One of them has only scored one, and it was a cracking goal, an absolute screamer. And then someone else has scored. What's his name? Of course, um, Zinchenko. Very good. And you're now missing only one person who scored four goals. You've done very well, to be fair. Yeah, company Delph. So you keep talking. Well, I, while you think about that, and, and he'll be very upset about it. Um, he really will. Uh, talk to him every day. This this title then. So, is it 
is it on Liverpool? People say they've got an easier run into us. I know we'll talk about this every week, but but your your thoughts is it? Are we getting stronger? People coming back from injury. We kind of got the momentum. We beat them. Is it kind of cities to win, Liverpool's to lose, or what? What are our thoughts then about this league campaign? Who wants to, who wants to go first, Nick? When you look at our fixture list for the next month or so, month month and a half, and crucially for me if we do beat Burnley in the FA Cup and go a bit further in the FA Cup and we start getting more and more games postponed because we'll already have the League Cup final, we'll miss the Everton. <laughs> Bless you. <laughs> With four goals. I can put this piece of paper down now. Correct. Gundogan to the other one you're missing. Uh, so because of the fact that Liverpool will be playing before us and they'll win games and suddenly you'll have a massive great gap, that, that's going to be difficult. Even if we've got four or five games in hand and they're 15, 20 points ahead, it just, just becomes more and more difficult, doesn't it? Would we take, hypothetically, being nine points behind towards the end of the season with three games in hand? Yes. Of course we would, absolutely. Well, that, that's what it's going to come to because we will be about three games. I think the maximum we can fall behind them is three games. Due to the League Cup and the FA Cup. But we're already four points behind them now. Yeah, but I'm assuming we catch those points right. up. Because if we're 13 points behind with three sure. games in hand, we're not sure. going to do it. No, you'll, be, you'll only have like five games. Or <laughs> Very good. So You're good. You're, he's the accountant, <laughs> no, not you as well. How did you work that out? No, I was thinking like if we've got five to go and they've got two to go or something like that. It's sure. not, I was doing the maths in my head. Sorry, viewers can't, listeners can't see it. No. But, but it's going to be really challenging, but... We've both got very similar fixtures. The only difference there is that they've played Arsenal twice. Um, they've still got to play um, Tottenham. They've still got to play Chelsea. They've still got to play Man United. We've still got to play them. We've got to play them all at home. They've got to play them at home. There's not that much of a difference between the fixtures in the next... Yeah, marginally easier for them, but only marginally. They've got to go to Goodison as well. We've got to go, but it's a derby for them. That makes it more challenging. Well, I definitely don't think it's over yet. Um... And, you know, bearing in mind uh, at least two of our previous three titles, Premier League titles, came in, you know, reasonably dramatic circumstances. Mm. Um, For me, the bottom line is whether the pressure of having, you know, winning the first Premier League title and their first league title for donkey's years really does tell on them or not. I mean, they're playing very well. They're being relentless at the moment. They must be really pissed off with us that they've got the points they have, heading for over 100 points, and they turn around and we're still sitting there. Yeah. I think injuries for... If they get a major injury that somebody out for quite a while, or a couple of people out for a while, and or the pressure, I think if they carry on playing like they are, clearly we're not going to catch them. But, it, but at the end of the day, we only need them to draw two games where we win. It's not... At the moment, the gap isn't insurmountable. The gap is nothing, and if it's slightly unfortunate that the way the games have come in the last couple of weeks, they've played first rather than us, because getting one point behind would have made a significant psychological difference, I think. Um, but yeah, there's, there's nothing in it, and I am adamant that we, if there's still very little in it with half a dozen games to go, or even two or three, then anything could happen. And while, while we're at it, just before we go to the break, a question I ask all the time, we're going to ask it again because someone on Twitter has asked me to ask it. Champions League or Premier League this year? Which would you prefer if we had, if we had a choice? Oh, I prefer Premier League. Even though we've never won the Champions League in our, in our life? Yeah, because I'd just love to rub their faces in it again. 
if you it have that choice, old. I know it's not. Old. It's never as straightforward as that. But but if you have that choice, Paul, and I've asked you before. I'm going to ask you again: Champions League, Premier League. Purely hypothetical, but this year, because we're four points behind Liverpool, I'd say it'd be fantastic if they, not fantastic they won the league, but if they did win the league, but we won the Champions League, then that would be nice in some ways, just to show that we're a better team than them. Oh, that's a bloody Hobson's choice, that, isn't it? it I is. will say that I would, if I had to have one, and we could only have one, I would probably go for the Champions League for the simple reason it will put paid to all this notion that you can't be a big club until you've won a major European trophy. Okay, so before we go to the break, um, I think you've got a bit of a message as well. I have actually, yeah, because it's always good to know about new young City fans coming, joining the ranks of the Blue Army. You're not talking Uh, about Paul, are you? Yeah, (laughs) I I said young. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Um, but Thanks. I, I'm, I've, uh, sorry, Paul, that was very rude of me, wasn't it? But, uh, but I, um, my mum, the lovely June, has told me about a young city fan in Rochdale, a young lad called Usman, uh, and he's nine uh, next week. I think it's on the 30th, so it'd be brilliant if we could just say happy birthday to Usman as a new city fan. Well, we all say that. Very many, many happy returns to Usman. And on that, we're going to take a short break. The Man City Show is backed for the season by Ladbrokes. Welcome back. Let's have a quick chat about Burton Albion then. Uh, we're only at half-time, of course, in the Carabao Cup, League Cup, semi-final. One leg, been already done and dusted. I think it was a 9-0 victory to the Blues. And we go away to Nigel Clough's Burton uh, Wednesday night this week. Uh, what sort of side do you think he's going to put out there? Um, I suppose... One of the questions I had down was kind of rather than what's the side, how many debuts could we see? What sort of names might we be seeing on the team sheet for the first time ever in a sky blue shirt, Sarah? Well, it's a complete guess, but I, I think there's probably five or six of the what we would call the squad players that we're used to playing will start, and then potentially four or five youngsters who will get a game on Wednesday. I think, you know, I think we'll expect to see Delph, Foden, Marich. Um, Mares, Mares. So there's four. Probably another. You know, maybe company will play. So I can see five or six being established names, and maybe four or five debuts. Some of the youngsters, you think, Nick? Yeah, we've got a bit of a problem. Apparently, we've got an under twenty-one game the day before, and they tried to move that thing, didn't they? Wanted to move, but they weren't allowed to. So that restricts how many young kids might get a game. I was, I mean, I was interested with. Pochettino and the Spurs Tranmere game a couple of weeks ago when he you know he deliberately put Harry Kane on at the end for the Tranmere fans to get to see I guess he's England captain you know how many would have how many Burton fans Excuse would me, like Fabian to see Fabian Delph is England's captain well, isn't he sure absolutely very good who's this yes, Harry Kane right. bloke um, yeah so how many of how many of our big stars will get a bit of a kick about at Burton uh, uh, might be quite interesting any? Will any get a kick about? Well, it depends what you mean by the big stars, because clearly, as we've said, half the 20, half of our half available squad, about five or six, put it that way, because we've got such a deep squad, you can't afford to plot all the youngsters out, because as we said, they've got a game against Sunderland 
on the Tuesday night in this uh, EFL trophy. The yeah. under tw- under twenty ones it is playing yeah. that trophy. We've done very well to get this far. The the Checker un- trade trophy. Is I'm it? not sure what it's called nowadays, it but it's yeah. Yeah, EFL trophy or something. But we're the, we're the only under twenty one team left in it now. Yep. Um, we've got a game against Sunderland, so therefore the kids will have to play that game. It's a matter of which ones of those are still then fit or available that haven't been stretched too much in that night before that can play. And I'd put three, four of them into at least a squad to give them a game. Yeah. I'd love to see the name Doyle on the team sheet. Have there's something about that that would give me a, a very nice feeling. To, Tommy Doyle. For, Tommy Doyle, so Mike Doyle's grandson, of course, would yeah. be absolutely amazing. I'm sure at some point he's talked about as being a, a future City star. But that would be just great to see him. But I suspect, uh, I guess he's involved in the under 21s and he so I suspect he won't be uh, playing in that. I don't know. It's a bit of a of a no win situation, though, really, isn't it, uh, for City? Um, in lots of different ways. I mean, if you are a sort of main squad player and you do play, then you're th- probably thinking, God, yeah, I really can't be bothered and he's making me go out with these kids on a freezing cold night in the middle of nowhere. Um, well, it's well, a, just a non-event. It's a shame for Burton because, you know, it would have been a big game for them. Um, and frankly, it's it's not in any way. We can't... Be disrespectful to them, of course. Can we, Sarah? Of course, on the night we've got to show respect. How are we going to do that? How are we going to show respect to Burton being nine nil up? How does Pep manage that without being the very accused? idea that we could be disrespectful to them? <laughs> um, I mean, what a load of old nonsense all that was. But moving on to this game rather than the last one, um, the I mean, to, you know, bottom line for me is this is professional football. Um, their job is to. We're not in the business of fixing results or not playing to win a game I don't I don't understand why you wouldn't play to win a game how you choose to win that game and who which players you think it's appropriate to have you know and actually the reason he won't put probably our best 11 out is less to do with uh, not wanting to thrash Burton again and more to do with giving them a rest and not risking injuries so you know I just think you've got to almost behave as if we'd won 2-0 and therefore there was still a chance that Burton might get through. Well, listen, it, we're favourites, I think. Um, I'm not a betting expert, but I understand <laughs> that we're, we're favourites to reach an, another League Cup final. Should we just skip over that then and, and, and wish the lads, whoever plays, luck on, on Wednesday night away at Burton and talk about the game at the weekend? Uh, we've got uh, the FA Cup, uh, local derby, uh, Burton. Burnley. 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 They're all buzz. They're all buzz. Uh, so <clears throat> Burnley come to the Etihad. Again, it's interesting what Liverpool did, isn't it, in the FA Cup, of course. And you can't see Pep doing the same, can you, in terms of weakened team and let's get this one out the way so we can sort of concentrate on other more important trophies. Or, or might he? Because I guess of all these, we're already in the final, if you like, of the Carabao Cup. The, we've already said the Champions League and the Premier League is quite important. You could argue, could you not, that the FA Cup actually isn't that important, so it would actually be a bit of a relief if we weren't in it. Is that the way Pep might be thinking, do you think, Paul? No, he won't. And I, I don't either. I want to win all the trophies we're in. I think, um, yeah, it's going to be very difficult going for the quadruple. Although, if you think about it, we can go for two quadruples if you count the under-18s. You've got the FA Youth Cup. Um, you've got the women's teams going for two trophies and the checker as well. Trade and trophy. a checker trade trophy. Yeah. That's another quadruple. So we could have eight trophies at the end of the season. So less of this talk of just going for four. It's boring. Um, no, it, it's, it's really difficult and challenging. That's what Pellegrini did and got slated for it by some City fans a couple of years ago when he put a reserve team out virtually against Chelsea. And we got stuffed 5-1. 
But didn't we go one nil up, or was it no, one all? One all. I think it was one one nil down, one all. Then that's we right. lost in the second half. Yeah. But but I I would like to put a reasonably strong team out against Burnley. It doesn't have to be the first eleven that you would put out against Newcastle next week. But it should be a strong enough team to beat them. Burnley have got other fish to fry as well. They want to stay in the Premier League, so they won't put a strong team out either. Nick, how do we get over this fixture congestion then? What, what what's the answer? Well, the the sad fact is that. The FA Cup almost certainly will fall by the wayside, uh, either by design or by accident. Um, sorry, ju- ju- sorry to interrupt you. Just so I understand what you're saying here. So, the the League Cup will continue. You think the FA Cup will? will... No, I mean for us this year. Oh right, this season, I thought you. Yeah, that's what I was trying to clarify. Fall, it will fall by the wayside because when you look at our fixtures that we've got coming up over the next month or so, if we do beat Burnley then the next round of the Cup is in the middle of February, sandwiched between our home game against Chelsea and the first leg of our Champions League game away. Um, So we will more than likely play a weakened team if we get to that point. And if we get through that round and we get to the next round and or United do the same, then the... Uh, the sixth round of the FA Cup is the same day as the Manchester derby. So that will be postponed and that's going to cause us great aggravation come the end of the season because that will be a game stuck in the middle of a week somewhere um, obscure that will make things very difficult. So so play a weekend team against Burnley then and get ourselves knocked out is your argument then? You'd, it, you'd agree with that then, would you? Well, as a, as it wouldn't remotely forward. surprise me if we did that and I think that that's quite likely to happen. Um, and it makes me very, very sad because I'm actually quite passionate about the FA Cup and I'm, very, I'm still upset about last year when we passed up the most fantastic chance to actually go as far as we could in the FA Cup because we were so far ahead in the league and we didn't have that level of pressure. But we do now, uh, we do now have that. Now, I'm not by far... You know, I'm, uh, I'm far from an elitist, but my argument here is that we should be looking, and this ties into this weekend as well, at something like reducing the Premier League down to 18. Because what is the point of these games against teams like Huddersfield that are rooted to the bottom? And there's usually one or two that are in the same kind of a situation. If you take two teams out of the league, you improve the overall quality. You take uh, the, uh, 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 the four games out of every every team's... Um, uh, list of matches and you get more time to play other fixtures that are more important yeah but if you're a Huddersfield fan and, and speaking on behalf of all Huddersfield fans now across the world you would say that what a fantastic story it is I mean they came up and then they stayed up they had a fantastic manager in David Wagner who did a superb job with limited resources and it's what dreams are made of you know you, you need clubs like that having the opportunity to get into the Premier League, don't you, Sarah? I agree with you. Football's about hope and dreams. Exactly. And I mean, I mean, you know, the logic of what Nick's saying is, for, for, for us now, we're a big club and we win things. I completely get that. It would help us enormously. But for football overall, I think that would be a really... I think it would be a shame if we reduced to 18 and, and, teams. But, and Burnley's in that category as well. You know, they've languished near the bottom. They've managed to sort of pull themselves up. And, and there's lots of teams like that who probably, if we had it reduced to 18 teams, wouldn't get that opportunity, wouldn't have that chance. Well, there's two teams, basically. The mathematics has 20 down to 18. <laughs> I uh, and I've mentioned two for you. There yeah, you go. you've given me Burnley. It's a, bit of a math, it's a bit of a maths lesson from you today, isn't it? It's it amazing. is. Well, that used to be my strong subject. Um, 
my own subjects, some might say. Um, no, it's, it's a real difficult one. I understand the point of reducing to 18, but realistically, I can't see it would happen because the mm. Premier League will not vote. I think they need a two-thirds majority to vote for it. And it's like turkeys and Christmas, isn't it? Why would most of the teams have got a potential relegation? There's only six teams, realistically, possibly seven, but let's say the top six who will never get relegated under current circumstances. And therefore, the other 14 would all vote to, to stay uh, as it is, uh, keep it. I think... Um you're all absolutely right. And uh, <laughs> not, not only are you absolutely right, but it's what I'm suggesting is almost certainly never, ever going to happen. But I still think it would be uh, probably the right thing to do. And actually, st- statistically, I'm not sure exactly what the actual answer is as to what it means in terms of every team's chances. Uh, but of course, you know, in the long term, every team has still got the same chance to play in the uh, Premier League. And frankly... You know, there's probably half a dozen teams at the bottom of the Premier League each season who you, you'd easily, you'd quite happily sort of lose if you, if you, without too much um, upset. Um, and uh, long term, I don't think it would make a difference. But you, you know, you're all right. It's it's not going to happen. But I think it would be a neat answer. So, with with that in mind, can we uh, just talk about the Burnley game then? So, bearing in mind City's focus on. 23 competitions, I think, Paul listed for us. Uh, Burnley, who look as though they've got themselves out of a mess in the league. This is a chance for some silverware. Um, I think I think we'll play what we would consider to be a fairly understrength team. You know, other teams probably wouldn't wouldn't think that, uh, but I think we'll probably play an understrength team. And if we go forward in the competition, we'll continue to pay to play a relatively understrength team. And you know, if we get far, then we get far, and if we don't, we don't. But I think that's what will happen. Yeah, I'm with Nick on that. I think effectively we'll play not we'll play a couple of the top the, the number one picks, and then most of the team will be made from our what you might classify as our second eleven, and maybe one or two youngsters in there. Uh, but it'll be a fairly strong team because we are a strong squad, and we should beat Burnley. I'm not entirely sure what team they'll go with. I mean, we're all speculating. The, the, the thing that strikes me is that only correct me if I'm wrong. Only two players in the current squad have won the FA Cup. In the current squad, company and and silver, Mm -hmm. is that right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, and for one or two who might only have one or two seasons left at top level football, I think that there might be more of an appetite. And Pep himself, I mean, we you know we'd all love him to stay decades, but realistically, we might only have him for another two or three years. Um, I suspect we've no guarantee we'll win the Carabao Cup, even though we're probably going to get to the final. So I think they might take the FA Cup more... I suspect my view is that he'll be focused on winning the FA Cup, all three Cups. Mm. If the league happens to fall into our laps because Liverpool explode, brilliant. But my suspicion is he... He would take three cups, including obviously the Champions League, as a very successful season. And I'm you sure know he what? Would. He'd be right. <laughs> I think we, I think we go with that as well, wouldn't we? Can yeah. I bat, can I bite your hand off now? I'll take it. <laughs> before we go, just a, a, a couple of questions on Twitter. Finally, before it leads me on to sort of transfer window and so on. Uh, and one is about Mendy, who seems to come up every week for various reasons. He's back to full training. We understand. Who knows when he's back? I doubt if he'll be back for the Burnley game, but he may be on the bench. Who knows? Uh, it'll be interesting to see. But one of the questions we've been asked is that we've actually we, we seem to give our left backs a real problem on this show and we have a problem with left backs apparently is what we've been told well, not all of us uh, well, some of us. well indeed <laughs> um one or two in particular who will remain neighbors this is this is the challenge to us as, as, a, as a group but actually we've not lost the premier league game with mendy at left back is a, a fact apparently um so 
with that in mind, so, so your thoughts quickly on, on Mendy and his return, but, but probably also, Sarah, uh, your thoughts about the transfer window. Now, Pep's been fairly clear. Uh, we have got some gaps. Is it like no, absolutely no purchases, not necessarily he'll carry on with the squad he's got, or do you think he might well surprise us and sort of look for filling a one or two gaps to see us over the, the rest of the season? I'm not convinced they'll buy anyone this window, but we do definitely, as we've said many times on this show, need uh, a defensive midfielder who can play like Fernandinho, so good luck with that. Uh, and in my view, we need another striker. Um, so, uh, oh yeah, those would be the two. That, uh, we, actually, we do need a left-back, and the reason we need a left-back is not so much about whether Mendy is brilliant or not. It's about the fact we don't have a recognised left back to back up from now I'm not I don't know in the under 21s whether there's a brilliant one coming through who they might be waiting for but the problem with Mendy is he's never had a long enough run in the team to prove to us that his he actually isn't quite as fly by night with his defensive awareness as we've some of us have got the impression he is so I think Mendy's got lots of qualities that we want in our left back he's just not proved it to us with a strong run of games and particularly in important games. Paul thoughts on Mendy in the transfer window Mendy has not lost a Premier League game I think that statistic is a bit invalid he's not played enough to use it as a proper statistic he's injured most of last season and he's been injured for quite a few games this season so and the fact is we've only lost five games over the two seasons as well and therefore it's not really that bad I don't think it's due to Mendy's play that we um, necessarily if he'd played in those games would we have won them or not lost them can't answer that question do we need another left back not sure um, Mendy is play, he plays very well going forward but that's Pep's approach I'm more worried about Walker at right back than I'm about Mendy at left back at the moment and clearly uh, we, we do need the defensive midfield cover with Fernandinho finally Nick yeah I think Sarah was right in everything that she said and I could I absolutely agree about um, needing another striker um, I think if Jesus is going to make a real impact this season it's probably going to be on a great FA Cup run actually he could have a really good run in the FA Cup just as one of those things but um, he is running a very fine line at the moment between um, disappearing and um, making something of his time um, at City and the spate of goals in the last couple of weeks against very low quality opposition really doesn't make the slightest bit of difference on that one way or the other. Uh, I think everybody knows where he stands and um, so we certainly could do with another striker. I think we talked about that a couple of months ago and we were talking about that before the window opened as being as being something we should be looking at but I doubt it'll happen in January and it's probably not the right time for it to happen anyway. You know, Who are we going to buy that's going to really make a big difference? Who's available? right now well thank you very much before we go i just want to actually highlight um a young man um his name is harry banks uh he suffers for, from neuroblastoma uh, and about three years ago um he uh, had a huge challenge of trying to get over this um and sadly um he's now got to beat it again and uh, he's a big city fan he was a mascot three years ago came out at the etihad uh, hand in hand with vincent company uh, kevin de bruyne is his favorite player uh, and I've tweeted from the Man City Show uh, on Twitter, at City Podcast, a link to the fundraising page um, for him because he needs some treatment to get himself better. So uh, we hope you'll all support that and help this lad. Um, we wish you well, Harry. 
Uh, everybody at the Man City Show, wish you well and hope that City fans will get behind your campaign to get you the treatment that you need. Uh, huge thanks to my three guests tonight, um, to Nick Goldstone, to Stato Paul Denby and to Sarah Messenger. This is Nigel Rothman saying thanks for listening and we'll talk to you all very soon. The Man City Show is backed for the season by Ladbrokes. This is a Playback Media production. To listen to all our football podcasts, visit playbackmedia.co.uk. Sports Social Podcast Network. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.